Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Africa Business Sport Podcast with myself, Adam Skew, and my ever-present co-host, Jabu Mutua. This is part two of our hashtag sports blockchain series where we really dive into the impact and the benefits of sports blockchain in sports and how we can truly grow to today. We will be looking at NFTs in the service of women's sports. Perfect guests to have for an interesting topic. Um, as you know, regular co-host of our sport blockchain series, and that is Samir. And our guest today is the co-founder of Ready, which is an education and consulting innovation company, which is headed by Lucy Mills, as well as she is also a part of the board of directors, one of our most favorite um, women's sports projects that Adam and I really always speak about in Lewis FC. So really excited to get this conversation going. NFTs have, you know, become a buzzword, um, especially over the past few years, and eventually have come into the sports industry offering different solutions to enhance fan experiences and also get fans and clubs to have longer-term, stronger, loyal relationships with each other. Now, how do NFTs come into this conversation? We might as well just start there by asking ourselves or asking maybe Lucy if you can kick us off in terms of what is an NFT firstly and how does it come into sports and what are the potential benefits and opportunities for sports organizations as well as fans to interact with their loved athletes and sports teams? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. And so I guess um, just to put it into context, we've we've been seeing the past few years, we've been seeing professional leagues, clubs, athletes, brands, media companies, all uh, thinking about building their Web3 strategy teams, um, launching NFT projects, announcing metaverse plans. So there's been a lot of increased interest in aspects of, of the Web3 ecosystem in sport and um i think if we can categorize the the three main ways that we're seeing web3 in sport today i think we'll see the nfts feature quite heavily across the three and so i like to look at these three buckets as um firstly kind of revenue focused projects for uh, athletes and sports organizations um secondly uh, fan centric experiences and then the th- uh, thirdly, um, maybe a lesser prominent but 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 fascinating topic around ownership of sports. So um, if we look at the the revenue focus projects about unlocking new revenue for organisations and athletes um, through a couple of main ways: uh, sponsorship uh, and then digital collectibles. So just quickly, um, you know, on the sponsorship side, we're seeing Web3 companies looking for mainstream adoption. So activating users in and, and through sports. So blockchains um, like Tezos, Algorand, Near, and then crypto exchanges like Crypto.com, uh, Binance, and then companies that are building products and apps and services on blockchains also looking for uptake of users sponsorship across clubs and leagues uh, in football ufc formula one major league baseball cricket and then on the digital collectible side which has been um, a big uptake by sports organizations and athletes so thinking about new possibilities to bring to life and monetize their intellectual property so of course nfts unique digital assets stored on a blockchain 
have been um, offered and, and and created for fans, uh, you know, federations like FIFA, International Chess Federation, Team GB, World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, Major League Baseball, Liverpool, let's see, lots of different sports organisations and clubs. And then if we move to the second bucket around these fan-centric experiences, we can also see NFTs playing lots of different roles that um, that um, have have lots of different meaning and, and impact and purpose for the holders of these NFTs. So looking more at the fan perspective, in a more traditional sense, we, we see them as uh, increasingly as digital collectibles. So um, we know that sports memorabilia and collectibles have been around for 120 years dating back to the old sports cards of decades gone by now they have a digital expression in the form of nfts we can also think about nfts being linked to real world memorabilia and um, perks and rewards and benefits so having this combination of digital digital physical digital experiential also nfts huge in gaming trading cards fantasy leagues we have probably um the biggest uh, Web3 adoption, thanks to gaming and, and, and fantasy sports um, across football and golf and recently the ICC T20 cricket in South Africa. And then other ways that we're seeing NFTs provide some kind of improved or aiming to have an improved experience with fans from non-corruptible ticketing to proof of attendance, of you know, having attended a sporting event um, through to governance voting, um, access to, to, to digital spaces and, um, you know, thinking about that digital experience or otherwise metaverse experience. And then the third way that or category that we're seeing Web3 in sport, albeit a little less prominently, is around um, ownership of sport, right? So blockchain technology has enabled the creation of new organizational structures whereby the governance, the rules, the member contributions are... Um, coded so it's like a digital organization or a digital co uh, cooperative and so um, nfts tokens can also be um, used in this case to access that organization and, and to be rewarded and incentivized and it's kind of an exciting space because we're taking on complex governance and organizational problems and looking at whether there are new new structures, new ways of working that are more efficient and dealing with funding in different ways. And there are indeed a couple of organizations, so decentralized autonomous organizations that have come together, member-driven, and they're looking at buying or they have bought sports properties as well, where members have a, have a stake and can be rewarded and and have a make a contribution to the growth of that sports property. So. I hope that kind of sets the scene as to the kind of the ways that we're seeing Web3 intersect with sport and also the role of NFTs across each of these different ways as well. What I kept thinking about while she was speaking about the three buckets was category two and three, which are very linked because if you're able to absorb as many fans, let's take the Lewis Football Club, for, for example, if you're able to absorb so many fans through truly believe in the passion and believe in the dream and believe that they can contribute their, their quota to growing the game for the particular club, they can then say, we want to go a step further and become members. So you realize that there's some interplay between those two categories. Now, that, now I ask myself, looking at how 
very interesting women's football is growing. And if we take particularly this FIFA World Cup coming up this summer, there's so much that NFTs can do, not just to connect fans to the clubs, but to educate as well. And so you realize that education is a very interesting field that NFTs can easily venture into, especially for fans and for members. I read an article of The Athletic who spoke about a new um, NFT that Manchester United are rolling out. And they said this time it's going to be different. And when you read further, you'd realize that they talk about the aspect of education coming through. So right now, we can see some form of lessons learned from either those who didn't do the right way at the very beginning, or they're learning from those that have failed, which shows you the power of NFTs itself. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in what you just said, actually, because I think, first of all, to a point about could fans have greater contributions or even ownership shares or um, actually what does ownership mean and what um, what does being part of a club mean and, and what does being a fan mean today? And um, there are, of course, lots of different forms of fandom. And how do we recognize and value or should we value one over another type of fandom? So I think given that fandom is so has changed so much in recent years and trends and habits, and there's a lot of information and data about that, but where NFTs fit with this and, and, and probably um, one of the, the bigger learnings, as you were saying, is that um, clubs, like sports organizations are, almost now having a bit of a reset and thinking, okay, what's our business strategy? What's our what's our sports strategy? What's our fan engagement strategy? And do we need blockchain technology to do the things that we want to do? And so I guess going back to your point about, you know, Lewis as a, a community owned club with members in 40 countries, do we need blockchain? Well, we don't um, use blockchain right now. Could blockchain drive and the, the scale and the growth of global owners? This, These are the types of questions that we need to think about, taking it back to what our um what what the club's uh, commercial and 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 social and and fan objectives are and and where blockchain fits with that and where nfts in particular might fit with that or not um and your other point about education this is really about bringing fans along on the journey um uh, because we know that fans have felt alienated we know that the two worlds the kind of web3 um, ecosystem and the sports ecosystem often haven't spoken the same language and and so there have been a lot of lessons learned about okay what hasn't gone well how do fans feel um fans don't want to feel commercialized they don't want to feel rip, ripped off they 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 want to feel real benefits and real value and, and often that that value is subjective too and it's it's also different depending on on fans and i think interestingly i would say that some of the best executed uh, nft projects have been in the women's sport space they've been they haven't had these massive mega objectives around about raising uh, millions of bucks they've been about let's test let's innovate let's have an opt-in opt-out let's let's try this but let's bring fans along together and there's quite a few really really good examples of 
NFT project. So quite small scale, but offering something fresh and interesting for fans and supporters. So just to give you a few examples, we've got um, there's a, a Team GB triple jump athlete here in the UK called Naomi Medska. Uh, she's champion, Olympic medalist, um, you know, athlete, top of her game in triple jump. And um, she also happens to be a, a, a graphic designer and artist. And during COVID, um, sponsorship deals, you know, the economy was difficult. There were less competitions. And she took to art and she developed a collection of NFTs called Afro Chicks, which um, they're beautiful artworks about celebrating African hair. And also the, the funds raised helped to support her career and also to support other athletes who are underfunded which you know typically a lot of women athletes are underfunded and so she's she's created this brilliant community of people who support her and engage with her and can have personal contact with her similar example with julia landauer who's a nascar racing driver has did some really fun experiments with with nfts through covid and, and now she's launching another one again speaking to racing car fans, motorsport fans, a strong focus on using her platform to, to talk about getting women into um, science, technology type uh, education and careers. There was another drop recently by Power of Women NFT, which is a, a beautiful NFT collection with uh, incredible artwork that celebrates, uh, uh, celebrates women, celebrates art. And they teamed up with Manchester City women. I don't know if you, you guys saw it recently uh, and um, had a limited edition drop to coincide with International Women's Day a couple of weeks ago. And it was great because it combined football with art, with women. The proceeds go to supporting Ma Manchester City's Community Foundation, uh, a program that gets girls and women involved in football. I think some proceeds as well go to Power of Women NFT. And I think when organizations and sports clubs have recognized that um there's they can be meaningful um they can endorse social and purpose uh, initiatives they can have educational components even angel city football club which is a huge women's soccer professional team in la when they did their inaugural nfg drop at the end of last season they airdropped them to fans for free and have a discord channel and have an, and and want to really try to get their community and and their fans learning about uh, uh web3 and 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 how to set up a wallet with and you know what what is crypto.com their sponsor and things like that so I've, I have seen some of the better executed projects in the women's sports space, in part probably because maybe having looked at what's been going on in, um, in, in men's sport, where we've been able to invest millions <laughs> and sometimes in these projects, and there has been backlash, there has been cynicism, and there have been collections that haven't delivered on the targets that they expected. So, yeah, I think women's sport, it seems like they've looked at what's been going on in men's sport and thinking okay well if this is the, the future and this is a, a, a you know the internet of tomorrow or today of tomorrow and um we have young people in our fan base who are already digitally savvy and they're they're increasingly crypto savvy then um let's 
let's do something. And it doesn't have to be huge, but it's um, and it doesn't have to be something that is forced upon all of the fan base. Because again, recognizing that certain fans like to have their paper ticket on a match day, and other fans are sitting a thousand, two thousand miles away, and will be having a digital experience of the same club. Um, and then there's a couple of other cool movements that uh, or, or membership uh, communities that you purchase an NFT and you you access a community, you access membership. Uh, particularly in the in the US, there's a couple of really cool projects. Uh, Parity Now, an NFT platform for women athletes, and uh, Power Power Forward is is another one that's building a, a growing community of NWA. Uh, fans so yeah I hope I've just given a few a few examples to give us a little bit of inspiration to say (laughs) actually there are some quite cool things out there as well that um, as much as we're learning from maybe the projects that receive a lot of uh, backlash in the media there's also these little gems out there as well yeah absolutely Uh, Samir I'd love to bring you in here just to hear some of your thoughts on what Lucy has shared for me what's really coming up is the different strategy or approach that women's sports has clearly taken towards NFTs. I mean, Lucy has touched on some brilliant projects which can be based around community-based building, can be based around building even sponsorship and funding for athletes. Whereas in the in the men's in the men's game, um, I think back to Liverpool's first NFT job, which went catastrophically for them at the time. And was, you know, sort of framed and perceived as a money grabbing activity by a sports club. But when you look at women's football, it's totally different. So what lessons can we take from what Lucy has mentioned so far? And sort of have you yourself identified those differences in approach when it comes to NFT projects? Whereas, you know, in the men's game, it doesn't seem as genuine um, as the women's game, at least, if you can say that. I think uh, I'm, I'm glad we've touched on the art uh, sort of background, the NFTs. Uh, I was recently on one of the Twitter panels and we talked about a sort of uh, kind of the birth of NFTs about 10 years ago in the art world. And then we talked about the fact that the CryptoPunks in 2018 in their first art exhibition, NFT art exhibition actually fetched only 50 to $100, whereas recently they've been selling for 5 to $10 million in Sotheby's and Christie's. And and I think that the, in my view, the biggest mistake uh, that the blockchain players, sports tech players and the sporting properties have made is that they have rushed into it all without really educating themselves, more importantly, educating the fans. Because, you know, uh, most of the sports tech players are looking at these fans of the major sporting properties as customers and consumers. And I understand why, because they have to answer to their boards and their, their investors. But that 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 is ultimately the wrong approach to it. And I think uh, spending more time in educating the audience about the fact that historically and traditionally art industry has been a very, very snobbish uh, environment where it wasn't enough if you had the money to acquire a piece of art. You had to come from a particular family. You had to tick all, the, all sorts of boxes to be allowed to purchase a certain level and uniqueness of the art. But then the art industry went into the limited edition prints, which started democratizing uh, the art industry. And then pretty much anyone could acquire something that was uh, perhaps predominantly 
being targeted towards a certain certain part of the society. And I think on the NFT side of the art industry, it's as a blockchain, which is very, very important to get the message across to the audience out there that the the power of the blockchain technology uh, very much alongside the lines what Lucy said in, in relation to trust, transparency and traceability allows us to actually go one step further beyond this sort of transactional relationship with the fans, the audience. Uh, and I recently spoke to some of the major players in the NFT space between America, Asia and Europe, and we all kind of agreed that we have to also change the terminology. NFT has become such a buzzword Lots of uh, sort of bad press it's received off the back of the collapse of various platforms, off the back of, uh, you know, even recent announcements. I, I think Ferrari recently cancelled another blockchain deal, another uh, technology partnership deal. We saw last year Barca did it, Man City did it. So the, the major properties seem to be making these mistakes willy-nilly and sort of jumping on whoever is going to give them seven, eight-figure sum. And uh, and I think that's ultimately wrong. I mean, I was last night at the Formula One arcade with uh, Alex Albon, the the Formula One driver, Williams, uh, and 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 Red Bulls form uh, formerly. And he's a he's a great sort of uh, person uh, in the sense that he talked about the journey as a Formula One driver and how competitive tough is. And then there was a question: How do we attract more women in Formula One? How do we attract more sort of uh, serious competition when it comes down to the actual drivers from the, you know, the the the, the go karting all the way to the Formula Three, Two, and eventually Formula One, and what we as a society need to do to be able to do that because it's predominantly men's sport. I think the huge benefit of women's sport in particular is because it's new, it's being structured in a very different way, especially those. Uh, clubs that are not part of the big brands, uh, because when you're part of the big brand, ultimately it trickles down the sort of old way of the structure. And I think we've seen how football in particular is still running the old way sort of uh, uh, type uh, of the environment, which is not easy to bring innovation. Then on the other side, you have major brands, you have major telco operators that are huge sponsors of the uh, leagues, federations, and major clubs. And they obviously are sitting on millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of consumers in the sense of the telco space. They're involved in the sports industry because they see huge benefit by, by, by doing so and the sponsoring events. But they are also looking for the way of engagement. And I think this is where NFTs, especially if we look at the uh, countries and continents like Africa and Southeast Asia, very, very digitally savvy, uh, uh, young digital natives who may never turn up to a particular game uh, because it's far away and it's uh, it's it's basically financially impossible for them to 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 buy a season ticket to come uh, from certain parts of the country. And I think this is where the connection uh, on the sort of engagement side of the equation should really come into play. And this is how, you know, the sporting properties can massively benefit as long as they're being genuine, they're being transparent, they're offering value for money, they're offering, you know, rewards, perks, 
um, and uh, they are treating their fan base uh, sort of in a very, very responsible way. We, there's you know, far too many bad examples, but also, as Lucy mentioned, there's lots and lots of good examples. And this is, I think, where women's sport could take uh, a bit of a different direction, which is, which is great to see, because it's going to be then massively beneficial for the sport as a whole, and then the men's sport that has obviously been massively uh, over-invested versus the women's sport can also learn from that. So uh, in my view, those clubs, leagues and federations sporting properties, they understand the power of blockchain in the right way, will be big winners, no matter how big or small they are right now. And uh, however, it, it's a process uh, like any other process, whether it's a design process, whether it's an art process, it takes time. And I think it's important that we keep on educating the audience out there. We keep on joining forces. I think the market is huge. I don't believe in that kind of, it's too competitive. I think we can, you know, in, in a joint effort, probably solidify the market for the benefit of the, of the sort of society as a whole, because sport goes way beyond just, uh, you know, money and the investment is, is such a, an important part of the society and the community we live in, just like arts and culture is. And uh, that's where it sits. Of course, we have a big players, big investors. There's money in there. There's a huge media and TV rights deals. We understand that. But the, the impact it has, the social impact sport actually offers is something that goes more in line of social uh, enterprise rather than a traditional for-profit business i mean it's 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 exciting just to picture the potential opportunities that are running through if only we are able to connect all the dots and to create a puzzle piece where every connecting piece is the ideal connector lucy and samir if you have the opportunity to let's say reinvent the whole blockchain industry and then turn some of the technologies and bring in different aspects to educate, like some years ago, and like I alluded to in the article that I read, what would you replace NFTs with in order to get it right this time and to get people genuinely on board? Because there's 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 a section of fans and even consumers who are afraid that the more events like the Champions League, the FIFA World Cup, the Africa Super League, the Premier League become bigger and more dominant, the more money it's it feels as if it's sucking from the fans. So if fans realize that the conventional ways of doing things are a bit more safe on the financial side, they may not want to be a part of it. And a key word that was used in the article that I read was that NFTs tend to be um, linked with people who are scammers. But we, we see in sports that it is nothing like that, especially in women's sports. So if we had the opportunity to really reinvent the the blockchain will and chain wedding and bringing new innovations, what would you do and then how would you do to get it right? Yeah, so yeah, I think the your you know, the word that you use, like wording, I think that's the important communication and, and, and translating and so on, because and and also recognition that like the, the Web3 ecosystem is huge. It's enormous. And many of us in the sports industry are only seeing tiny, tiny snippets and not 
really um, being exposed to or taking the time to learn about uh, uh, much more that is going on. And and actually, of course, it, because the Web3 ecosystem is massive, you find the full spectrum of people and thinkers and projects. So on the one side, people who want to use technology to improve the status quo, to build better institutions, to have more inclusive financial systems, to invest in public goods. So these are more like the regenerative projects, the regen. And then, of course, at the other end, you do have the digital millionaires and the self-interest and the exploitation and the scammers, as you say, is more the degenerative uh, projects like degen, right? So, and this kind of parallels sport in a way and actually society as a whole. Um, and so I think, first of all, sport could do, people in sport could really, um, will benefit themselves us as professionals and our sports if we start to understand better this huge space this huge ecosystem and learning about the changing technological and 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 uh, yeah cultural uh, uh yeah i mean it's changing all the time and it's grow this web3 ecosystem is not going away and it's growing day by day right so i think that's the first thing um because the, the two worlds haven't maybe quite understood and each other. And like sometimes when I go into Web3 spaces, I'm really the only person talking about or interested in sport. And it's curious because my interest or my, or my experience in these Web3 spaces and communities um, is people questioning traditional governance models and centralized institutions and questioning the existence of uh, uh institutions that give permission who can participate in something under what criteria um and um you know strong focus on community um thinking about um changing some of the issues in society and and yet um that's exactly what we're seeing in the sports industry as well to samir's point about the the, the big uh social impact and, and role of sport in society and then, of course, the blockchain technology is, is is the infrastructure and the technology that can underpin that underpins and drives these ambitions, these mindsets. Whether it's by cr the creation or the formation of new digital organisations, or through uh, using digital assets, or you know other technological tools that are available thanks to thanks to the technology. So. What we're seeing, so what we do at Ready is education focused, and we bridge those two worlds between the, the Web three ecosystem and and the sports ecosystem, and and we 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 do focus specifically on women's sport because you know women's sport is is innovative, being overcoming and sidestepping uh, sort of institutions and gatekeepers, and wrestled with uh, issues of governance and issues of capital. Um, and you know, fan behaviors are documented and, and are evidence to be different and 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 you know very focused on community, are prepared to pay to to consume their sport and really interested in uh in in their athletes and have a fandom that is rooted in purpose and social consciousness and activism. So that's why we at Ready, we're always looking to unite people in the web3 space with people from sport and have these conversations in really like non-judgmental friendly 
positive spaces. We've done lots of workshops in five European countries with over 800 people so far. We, we run our own events. We had an event in London recently. We did an event in Barcelona where we bring together developers and entrepreneurs and coders and then sports professionals and, and media agencies and uh, brands that are looking to invest in sport or are investing in sport. And so just try, trying to find that uh, uh, common common language, recognizing that even people within the sports industry <laughs> that are um, working on these types of projects and NFT projects actually um, don't also understand too much about the mechanisms of it or the mechanics of it or the bigger ecosystem. So that's, I think, like understanding is is probably the, yeah, the way that we can, we can start. And also it's, it's not too late. And for those sports organizations that haven't even done anything in this space, the, the things that you can do straight away are really simple, <laughs> education focused. It's um, get your, your team and your staff and your employees um, on a course or um, have a Slack channel or whatever group where you're sharing different um, case studies. You know, this stuff is kind of low, it's relatively cheap or free or low cost. It start gathering internal knowledge and know-how about what's happening in, in the widest system because I'm sure within the next five years we'll be seeing we'll be seeing the the use and brilliance of blockchain in in many more spheres across the sports industry could I just add uh, to what Lucy just said you know the the, the way I see um, I mean we all now familiar with ESG environment social governance and, and Lucy touched on the sort of uh, governance side of the equation and the fact that the blockchain has gone so deep into the society and across all the industries. And this is something I'm quite extremely excited about because, you know, going to certain panels where, you know, NFTs as, uh, you know, very much entering the real estate, NFTs entering the legal system. You know, I think in England a few few months ago, we had a first legal case that was submitted as a NFT at uh, a, a Royal Court of Justice. Uh, seeing that sort of almost the movement of um, addressing the monopolies around the world uh, in in the sort of sense that uh, the the power of the blockchain democratization of it uh, the sort of uh, almost the facilitation of opportunities they go way beyond the traditional way of doing business the traditional way of engagement uh, is something that I see as a big big positive and obviously. Early 90s, everyone talked about corporate social responsibility and, and became a bit of a, you know, a, a box-ticking exercise for the big corporates. Then we've gone into United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Now we everyone's talking about ESG. But I think if we look at the way in which the society is moving, the, the sort of positive movements around the world that are sort of, uh, in a way, uh, uh, challenging the status quo, and doing it in the way that has a, ultimately a positive impact and a social impact, which is very, very important. I think sport uh, has become the vehicle like never before to mobilize millions and billions of people around the world to engage around something that they're passionate about, something that they love uh, sort of uh, as as participants as well as as viewers and audience and i think this is where the properties the sporting properties that understand the way in which they can engage 
uh, as we all said, without exploiting uh, their position, because that trust that has been broken off the back of so many bad examples in the space over the past few years has got to be restored. But I think we're talking about a trust across the board in society, from politics to business to sport to arts and culture. And I think, you know, jointly, this is uh, what really excites me. And this is where I genuinely think that either uh, second tier sports or women's sport as as sort of uh, major drivers of this positive change and positive impact will actually probably end up being the perfect or the ideal models that the rest of the uh, sports world will model. I, I'm sure, you know, many in the, in the men's you know world might disagree with me on that, but I often talk about the marathon, not a sprint. I think uh, we we have to sort of arm ourselves with knowledge, uh, with expertise, uh, with the right approach and the longevity of that sort of strategy, which is why I love what Reddy does in terms of the education, the workshops. I think we need more people, more uh, uh, companies like Lucy's to actually really mobilize the sort of uh, global audience out there, both in terms of the participants, but also those uh, rights holders who are ultimately making the decisions because they're also sitting on, on big budgets. And I think, last but not least, the governments need huge, huge support, not just by the big four, because that's where they're normally good for various strategies and they spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to get a, a really well put together uh, a strategic document, but uh, also the players that are living and breathing the space that can actually uh, add a real value to the whole thing. Final question to you, Lucy. From all your experience within women's sports and seeing the different use cases for NFTs and the many workshops that you've held with Ready, educating sports organizations and sports professionals about the power of Web3 and NFTs within women's sports, what would you say is the importance of NFTs to the future growth of women's sports relative to commercial, relative to other general sponsorships that clubs and sports organizations may generate in terms of revenue but with an increasingly global society digitally savvy just how important and massive can revenue and also the social impact of nft projects be for women's sports growth yeah i think when uh, when designed and executed well it 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 can well, blockchain and, and and nfts and digital assets can potentially accelerate some of the objectives that women's football strives for. So um, it, you know, potentially disrupt decision-making processes and potentially give decision and put decisions in the hands of people who have the best interests of, of women's sport at heart. Um, it, you know, potentially um, supercharge the idea of fans feeling closer to their sports and, um and having value that they subjectively, you know, are, are proud of, and and also they have an an asset that can then be gifted or um, sold as well, which is is kind of interesting, right? Um, and and I think for 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 athletes and women's sport that just for so long has been marginalised is consistently under uh, valued and 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 just not really thought of on the same footing uh, in, in decisions to think about athletes monetizing their own intellectual property while 
rewarding their supporters and fan bases is is really really exciting um so i think um yeah though i mean i think it comes down to well designed knowing the fan base um well executed um potentially being small um and then embedded with a strong focus on bringing people along and and education and and maybe having some longevity to the, the the project in question ladies and gentlemen it's been an entire pleasure having both of you i've learned so much i know that these kind of conversations are just the starters for whatever is to come in the future and it's just really exciting having your time thank you so much lucy thank you so much samir bless you my brother jack cheers adam thank you lucy Bye-bye.